You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter, and it's time for your Raw review, and it's pretty clear that WWE is weakening Raw to improve Fox's SmackDown, and I'll sort of break that down as we go. And I hate to start with how Raw opened, but it really was the central narrative on the night. We had the normal opening graphics affected by Bray Wyatt, so they contorted and slowed down and were filtered. And we eventually got Seth Rollins in the ring cutting a promo about Wyatt. Of course, he was interrupted, not by Bray, but by Braun Strowman. For whatever reason, they would have yet another match in tonight's main event, because we haven't seen that enough. Before that match, though, we got a Firefly Funhouse segment with Bray Wyatt hanging up Kane's photo after taking him out last week and he also had a weird altercation with his puppets where they were fighting over a Seth Rollins action figure and his decision was to split the figure in half. When we finally got Seth and Braun it was a good match uh, certainly worthy of a Raw main event and hopefully the last we see of this for a while. Bray did show up before right before Braun was actually about to beat Seth which is an interesting take on this. He took out Braun and then he sort of just once again closed in on Seth, who sort of screamed like he was in a horror movie, which was a nice touch. This was fairly formulaic, but it worked. The other interesting thing, and this kind of goes back to my point about Raw being weakened for SmackDown, is that next week is the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, and I guess it will also be for SmackDown, although the big thing is SmackDown coming to Fox. So with this premiere, there's, there's a bunch of uh, guys like Brock Lesnar who are going to be part of this show, and apparently Seth Rollins will defend his title, and clearly a match he won't lose the title because he's still got to face Braun the week after, or the Sunday after, in the, in the Hell in a Cell. But nevertheless, we have a fatal four-way with Ricochet, Robert Roode, Rey Mysterio, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles. And what was interesting is we got a few promos Robert Roode was first, and he made an incredibly good point that he beat Seth for the tag team titles. He beat Seth last week on Raw. Why does he not just have a title match, which I don't have a solution to? And also, where was his tag team partner, Dolph Ziggler? He wasn't part of this interview. We later heard from Rey Mysterio backstage, who gave a very nice speech about why the only reason he's still in WWE is because of his son, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them, Dominic. We had Shinsuke and Sami Zayn doing what they do, and Ricochet being the worst talker in this group was half-heartedly interviewed before he walked out on the stage and his entrance music was part of the interview which was about the best part of the interview when the ricochet sound went off there also was a styles promo that goes into a less important match so get to that later this came down to Ruta Mysterio because Shinsuke is the Intercontinental Champion AJ is the US Champion and clearly Ricochet can't talk. So it was, was going to be Rude or Mysterio. To my surprise, Rey Mysterio actually won, which will make for a good match, but sort of reinforces the notion that the title's not going to change hands. If Rude had won, if Bobby Rude had won, Robert Rude, if you will, I would feel like the title is in jeopardy, or even AJ. But not with Rey. This guy almost quit WWE a few weeks ago, and I'm expecting him to win the title before a pay-per-view? No, no, not happening. Seth reacted. He was fairly happy for Ray, but of course at this point he was still focusing on the main event. <clears throat> we also had Michael Cole a backstage interviewing Becky Lynch on her Hell in the Cell match. This was especially tacky uh, in some of the questions Cole asked. This was clearly pre-taped, 
but they had to pretend Michael Cole went backstage, so we came back with Corey and Renee trying to do commentary, and it was bad. Clearly, the rumors are that Michael Cole and Graves are going to be the A-team on SmackDown's commentary. Renee Young will be repositioned, reportedly, as a studio host for Fox Sports, and apparently Vic Joseph of NXT UK fame and uh, Dion Madden are going to be the new Raw commentary team, which just shows you what a, what a mess the commentary team is in, is in now, and all the more reason not to disrupt it for this pre-taped bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Becky gave very standard answers here. There's nothing, you know, Be- Becky is generally great, but this was a fairly bad premise. We then got Sasha Banks with Bailey taking on Nikki with Alexa. Uh, Banks got the win, and there was an attack after. No real word on if Sasha and Bailey are going to get a tag team title match. That'll probably just be thrown in randomly on some episode of Raw. Although we found out next week that uh, Sasha will now face Alexa next week to further, I guess, tease that storyline. Uh, we also had Bailey and Sasha backstage after. This really amounted to nothing, but it was there. We also got uh, King Baron Corbin taking on Chad Gable in a King of the Ring Finals rematch. To Corbin's credit, he cut a pretty good promo before the match uh, and beat Gable down pretty well after the match. And this worked better than I thought it did. Speaking of that, we had R-Truth, who ran out with Carmella, but Carmella was very clearly dressed to compete. She, she sort of turned away from this and sort of begged Truth to stop because she was tired of running. This kind of explained her attire, but of course she eventually rolled up Truth and got the win. What was great about this is R-Truth, and again, prior to this, they were surrounded by all the goobers, uh, R-Truth was so happy that he wasn't the champion anymore. And then a group of female superstars, not long after Carmella became champion, came out. Sarah Logan, the Iconics, Dana Brooke. There's someone else in there I couldn't identify. If you find out who it is, tweet me at Bilalvi87. I want to know who that was. Not enough to rewind, but I'm curious. And this was a nice change for the 24-7 title, especially since the women don't have a mid-tier title. I kind of hope it stays there for a while. We also had... The Viking Raiders taking on the OC. And I'm just looking at this match and going, why, why do neither of these teams have the tag team titles? Makes no sense. Uh, AJ was out there to help the OC, but he was ejected. Cedric attacked him as he was ejected. This helped the Raiders get the win. Uh, and backstage, we did get the OC talking more about Cedric. They sort of tied this into Styles' spot in the Fatal Five way, but this was more about their ongoing feud here. The AOP cut another promo, uh, and luckily... They started it by saying last week, so he knew it wasn't the same promo, which was the issue with Raw and SmackDown last week where the promo played twice. And they actually left the room to attack Heat Slater and, and someone else I couldn't be bothered to identify. I'm assuming... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't even care who it is. But they, they crushed them and then went back and resumed the promo, which was a really good break of the fourth wall. And these guys look great. Like, clearly the tag team titles are right now a, a vehicle to elevate... Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler and the Revival are probably going to keep them on SmackDown but especially the Viking Raiders and the OC are just going to kind of tread water there's a spot for the AOP in some sort of fatal four-way match uh, to take these titles they look really good and they, they're refreshing to see what wasn't refreshing to see was uh, Alexander Rusev taking on EC3 and I quite agree with the fans throughout who chanted we want Lana the Mike Kanellis storyline wasn't even a part of this. It was just a squash. Um, does Rusev at some point factor into the U.S. title picture if they get bored of AJ? Maybe. 
but that doesn't happen until a face takes the title off AJ and probably talking about Ricochet at that point. And man, oh man, what I do not want now is a Ricochet-Rusev program for the U.S. title, but that might be where we end up. And I feel terrible for EC3 because he deserves so much better than this. We also had Lacey Evans, who, if you didn't know, was sort of famous here in Canada for an altercation she had with a police officer, which turned out to be totally planned. But the speeding ticket was real. And she took on Ember Moon because rosters don't matter. And this was sort of pitched as a tease for the draft. And back to my earlier point, it really feels like they're going to take Sasha. They're going to take Bailey, They're going to take Charlotte. They're going to take Becky. They're going to put them all on SmackDown because they're going to stack SmackDown because it's on Fox, which is a network channel. And the USA is a cable channel. And if you don't know that, network television is free. Therefore, it reaches more people, especially in the States. Cable is subscription-based, so it's harder to get a hold of, and it's harder to get ratings. So, this could be the women's division on Raw <coughs> sooner than you think. And to further this point, Natalia was backstage because Lacey won with a sharpshooter and already called for a rematch. So, yeah, that could be the Raw women's division. Lacey Evans, Ember Moon, and Natalia, who in and of themselves, Ember and Natalia are good performers. But this is going to be the case. Man, oh man, do they need to call up Shayna Baszler or do something uh, drastically. Speaking of doing something drastically, uh, the Street Profits are not doing that. They continue to hang out backstage and hype up uh, Seth and Braun, the Fatal Five-Way. But thankfully, they were interrupted by The Miz, who apparently had a new baby. And next week on Raw, he is going to host Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair in the season premiere. And we also found out at some point that Brock Lesnar would be part of it. But going back to my initial point on uh, this pod which has gone a bit long there's a clear effort here for Raw to be weakened to improve Smackdown we saw Brock Lesnar last week show up on Smackdown the rumors of the commentary team going from the A team to really the C or D team because that's about where I have Madden and Rick Joseph like if Raw's the A team right now Smackdown's the B team maybe NXT's the C team or the B team and uh, if you want to hear Vic Joseph and uh, Dion Madden, go over to 205 Live and, and just take away Aiden English. So, there is uh, a concerted move. And another example is the Revival being established as a real tag team on SmackDown. And you have this fake team of Rude and Ziggler just being placeholders as, as Rude tries to move up the card and the irony with that is Rude will probably just end up on Smackdown as well because they want to further stack that roster I would imagine Corbin and Gable switch sides and you put King Corbin on Smackdown the loser Gable goes to Raw even our truth they've already done stuff with Fox and that 24-7 title even though I think it was USA Network's idea we're going to see it at least half as much on Fox and I bet you more than half as much and I guarantee you, if Rusev and EC3 are drafted to different shows, it'll be EC3 on Raw, Rusev on SmackDown. And that kind of seems to be the way we're going. And, and Braun's another guy who feels a lot like a Raw guy because he's just never going to get that title. And look, maybe all this will open up new opportunities for superstars, which would be great. But we'll have to see. And there's probably going to be some weird byproduct like a lot of title changes on SmackDown. Which you won't see on Raw. But we'll have to find out uh, until tomorrow with SmackDown. Until it's on Friday. I've been Bilal Fakani. You can follow me at BilalV87. And I'm all done. Never Sleeps Network.
This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thank you.